What's up, Mello? What up, what up, you guys? Welcome yeah. to Gallery Radio, y'all. Yeah, man. Dude, I am the co-host for the day while UKJ is away, Melodious, a.k.a. Yeah. Cover Boy, the modern marvel. That's right. There you go. Mm. No no British <laughs> accent today, sadly. <laughs> nice. Damn it. <laughs> nice, nice. I can give it a try, but we'll see. So we got a special guest with us, too. Gallery member, producer, instrumentalist. Life coach, but like the real kind with like masters and PhDs and stuff. Nice. I don't have the PhD yet. It's on its Not way. Yet. Working on it. Working on it. Masters is there. That's closer than I am. Real talk. So, yo, introduce yourself, man. Oh, Cordell Glass is the government name. Mm. Uh, but my producer moniker is Hot Coco. H A W T. Yeah. C-O, C-O. Sometimes I just go by Coco, dude. That might be the move yeah, sometimes, yeah. too. Okay. I grew up in California, in the San Francisco Bay Area, Fairfield. And then I lived in L.A. for about eight years, California, hardcore. Um, and then I've been bouncing around, so I lived in Colorado and Milwaukee, and right now I'm in Washington, D.C. Mr. Glass, I mean, I, I keep calling you by your last name because it's like... It's good, right? The whole name sounds dope as hell, bro. It's not the whole reason by any means, but one of the reasons I want to finish my PhD is so that I can go by Dr. Glass. Dude! Like, there's many reasons, but, like, that is... I gotta admit, that's one yeah, of the reasons yeah. for sure. Cool. Like, his name is Cordell Glass. Hot Coco's dope, too! Trying to find a dope name for what you're trying to do, but then, like, when you got a name that just rolls with it, you know? But It's been nice, too, because... I do like a lot of different things. If you just list them off, they sound really random. But really, I feel like personally, I only do two things. Like one is music and one is like psychology, basically. And so it's nice to have those two names because it's like my psychology name is Cordell Glass or like Dr. Glass in the future, hopefully. But then my like production name is Hot Coca. So it's like it's nice that both of them still work pretty well. I know it's hard, it's like, like just coming up with something like Melodious. <laughs> I had to run through a whole slew of names being a second generation gallery member. Like even the first gens, like my brother or Jedi, they had to run through a couple of names. Yeah. So where did you decide the name of Hot Coco? Where did it come from? How did it come up? Mine actually, um, it was a nickname that was bestowed upon me. My formative experiences in music were kind of like underground electronics shows in the Bay Area. And that kind of culture has like rave families. And I was kind of like enmeshed in one of those. But on my very first like time going out, they were like, everybody needs a rave name. But I was told you can't pick your own. <laughs> and so someone bestowed upon me the rave name Hot Coco. Wow. And it wasn't until actually like many years later that I realized that Cordell, the beginning of that is C-O. Uh -huh. It was like years later that I was like, wait, Hot Coco, like Coco is like a version of Cordell. And it just like, it was crazy. And so it just became even more like personal to me after that. I don't know. Um, and so when I started producing music, I already had like a name that was associated with the types of shows that I wanted to make music for. Uh, I did change the name though. It used to be H-A-W-T-C-O-C-O-A. Mm. Then I did like a rebrand, I dropped the A. It just like made it seem less like a food and like tied into my name more. And I don't know. I just want to stick with the one I got. I want to build it up, you know? It's the same thing I deal with Melodious. For people who may or may not know, real name's Melvin, but then like everybody through school, 
you know, they were calling me Mel, Mellow, and then I started rolling with that. Mellow is a good one. <laughs> you know, when I make music as well, and it's just like, I was watching American Gangster with Denzel Washington. Rizzo's playing the mm-hmm, piano, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then he says, I'm getting my melodious song, baby. And then I was like, what? <laughs> it's done. It's done. And then, like, <laughs> it, it was done. And then I, I had to rewind it, and I was like, huh. So I you got to sample that line one day. I never knew that that's where you got that name. That's dope. I ran with it since then. That's why I just added two L's. Well, I mean, while we talking about the gallery fam, like what's your journey into the gallery? Um, Well, Anacron is definitely the one who shepherded me into the squad. Uh, We did a lot of team building together. And so then we're also just like talking about music a lot. And so since I had so many projects, it's been really easy for me to kind of send different projects to different people since the gallery is such a like dense web of people. And now we're just trying to formalize a bunch of those. I didn't get like a formal like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like the ceremony when I'm inducted into the peanut gallery. I don't have like an yeah, anniversary yeah. date. Yeah we, yeah, we usually call that getting jumped in. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been jumped in yet, dude. <laughs> I gotta get initiated. Maybe it hasn't started yet, dude. It's on its way. Uh, like how has working with the gallery network affected or changed your creative process at all? Honestly, it was really helpful for me at one point in my career because I've been collaborating with people more often now. For a while, I didn't really collaborate with anyone else and I was really interested in it. And so a lot of my earliest collaborations are actually people in the peanut gallery. And it was just like a new way to understand music and connect with other people through music. And so I think that kind of catapulted me into being able to collaborate more. Is there anything that you got from it that you can take to working by yourself again? Or? Absolutely, because pretty much everyone I've worked with in Peanut Gallery is a vocalist or a rapper or something along those lines. And people just listen to songs differently when there's vocals involved. Because, like, going back to me bucket drumming, like, I'm not singing while I'm bucket drumming. I'm not thinking about keeping space for that. And so I've been trying to add more harmonic stuff, but it's like all these sounds are drums. And so, and including a voice is just like a whole new dimension that's really interesting. Stop telling me that I'm strong Just so you can be weak Instead of building me up Go climb your own mountain peak Be loyal to yourself I'll stay loyal to me When I see you're ready Then you and I can be weak When I see you're ready Then you and I can be weak Be loyal to yourself I'll stay loyal to me When I see you're ready Then you and I can be weak Patient, I've never been Yet I'm trying to stay true Stop telling me that I'm strong Just so you can stay you Peak. 
be loyal to yourself I'll stay loyal to me When I see you're ready Then you and I can be weak Stop telling me that I'm strong Just so you can be weak Instead of building me up Go climb your own mountain peak Be loyal to yourself I'll stay loyal to me When I see you're ready Then you and I can be weak Patient I've never so many sounds like what's your <laughs> it, it sounds so rhythmic at the same time where you're getting that drum and bass and the dubstep and everything and what's the inspiration behind your unique mix i feel like i've been carving out this little this particular little intersection for myself for a really long time mm. when i was very young like middle school type of stuff i was really into Alicia Keys and like early, early Black Eyed Peas and just like Erica Badu and just very soulful kind of neo-soul jazzy type of things. Also, I was like peak early adolescence when LimeWire became a thing. And so I, <laughs> I was using LimeWire to find like crazy underground electronic music. And I, I came across like this genre of music called Happy Hardcore. It's like hardcore techno, mm -hmm. but with like very bright and melodic like lines, almost like super like anime, trancey kind of, just like bright and happy kind of things. But then it's like, oom, 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 like underneath <laughs> it, it's just like super intense. And definitely uh, something you would hear on the anime for real, for real. Yeah, yes. exactly. And so that just like spiraled me down, and I got really into like dubstep, like late '90s, early 2000s dubstep, like took me over. And I was just really, really into that. And that kind of led to the point where I was going to shows. The bass music scene in the Bay Area is like a very specific niche on the world scale. It's not like it was super small when I was getting into shows in like the 2000s. Like obviously stuff had been going on for a while, mm -hmm. but it's like definitely grown since I've been in it. It's crazy to see that it's like getting bigger and bigger and like just electronic music in general. It's nuts. Mm -hmm. That just kind of led down a rabbit hole. So I've just gotten into like 
a genre called IDM. For those who don't know, it's intelligent dance music, which is basically just like super complex nonsense. It's just like, it feels like intellectual <laughs> masturbation, but with sound, where it's just like, yeah. almost like math rock. Sometimes it sounds really good, but a lot of times it, it doesn't necessarily sound good. It just sounds interesting, I guess, is the way I describe it. But at the same time, I was like really getting into jazz and I've been in a lot of jazz bands. Mm-hmm. And like a big part of my musical identity for a long time was a drummer. So I've been taking drum lessons forever. Right, yeah. and I hear a sound of bucket drummer in, yeah. in your style. <laughs> really? Like definitely. Did you so know I'm that like, I no. bucket drum or you just felt that through the music? No, I felt it through the music, bro. That's Trust me. Honest. Like I, coming from a producer, producer, like I can hear it. You know what I'm That's saying? That's so, so crazy. Just, no one has ever said, wait, you did not know that I was a bucket drummer? No, I Dude, did not I've been, know. I've made hundreds of dollars just bucket drumming in San Francisco. I used to do that for hours and hours and like Holy for years. Holy crap, dude. That was like my I'm thing. Like, I, didn't know, I didn't know you did that. You didn't know I did? No. Dude, I was a busking fucking king for a while. Dude. So it was me and my friend Alex Bassa, who's I-80. So he's been featured mm-hmm. on a bunch of different tracks you might have seen yeah. if you're listening yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he plays ukulele. Mm. And he's like really good at ukulele. And uh, he has like a pocket amp. And so he would end up like a looper pedal. Mm. And so he would loop chord progressions and then just like solo That's dope. and then behind yeah. him I just had a bunch of like buckets and rice pots and pans and like and I was just jammed because we were just doing that at his house anyway and so we were like why don't we just get paid for this and like so we would just do it out in the streets we'd like take the ferry into the city and yeah I did that for years dope. like a long time Wow. Because wow. tourists, dude, tourists fucking love it. When you hit the just, there's like, but they cracked down on it, dude. That's one of the reasons we stopped. Police started harassing mm. people and it just got mm. kind of out of hand. But we were there like in the glory days, right before they did it. It was nuts. Yeah, that's dope, That's man. so weird that you <laughs> felt that to the music, look, dude. Look, How did you do that? I need to understand. Were you also a bucket drummer? Like you just listen to a lot of bucket drummers? Like, <laughs> I, dude, I, I come from a family of music, so I can follow it just off of how it sounds. Wow. And I love bucket drummers. Like even like coming from like back in the days at Venice and and Santa Monica. Dude, I've done bucket drumming in Venice. I can hear it. I can hear it in your style. Even like seeing you do That's your so thing on on the reels on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I just wait I a mean, minute. It's hold like on electronic now. bucket drumming, dude. Definitely. Like, yeah. you know, I, like I detect some drum core from you or yeah. any style. I was or just anything. about to say that. Yeah. So after all that bucket yeah. drumming, I marched in drum core at DCI okay. and WGI on quads, which is basically just buckets, dude. Nice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, four to six different buckets. Yeah, and it was like very regimented. And I think one of the things that kept me in it for so long mm-hmm. was just like the structure of getting really good at like technique. And then like I started like winning championships and stuff in like different circuits. It was just so clear cut. Like if you do these things in this way, then you get this good. Mm-hmm. And I just loved that process yeah. I could have kept going for a few more years but someone gave me FL Studio but there it goes at the time like the only music I had really written was drumline music like using like notation software I hadn't really written any songs besides just like bad like basically just <laughs> bucket drumming music now that you say it. <laughs> I, but I was still really into going to shows and I was listening to music all of the time and I was just getting really into a lot of different artists and once I got my hands on that and I realized like 
all these years that I've spent getting crazy good at drumming, mm-hmm. I could just get crazy good at making songs. And it was just like a hard pivot. Mm. But I just took all the skill, all the technique, all the like musical ability, like from bucket drumming and drumline and just went straight into music production mm. and uh, sound design. You know what? And so instead of like getting really good at playing rudiments and stuff, I've gotten really good at just making sounds and we arranging can't, we them. We can't leave this out. We can't forget to let you know some of your fans know that you also were a drummer for Mickey, right? <laughs> yes, that is one of my credentials as a drummer. I was a Disneyland musician for two different seasons oh in the parades. Just drumming, dude. Wow. Disney just gave me money for hitting things with sticks to make children smile. They're not slouching on who they're allowing to no play. No way, there. dude. Their audition process is pretty intense, actually. And you know what? I do agree with you because a lot of cats who I went to marching band through with in high school, most of them went to marching band for USC. Most of those guys either played the band for the Lakers or they play for Disneyland and yeah. they did a lot of things. Yeah. yeah, there's some real musicians over there, like really talented. Yeah, the like I was there's playing not with are really, really good. And uh, I was in the Christmas parades. Almost every single person was just like in college for music production or music mm-hmm. theory or something like that. Yep. Music composition mm-hmm. and stuff. They were all just like this was just one of their jobs during school. Like a bunch of them were like getting their masters in trumpet performance and stuff like that. Hey. I'm like, oh my god. What advice do you? have for artists who want to make a living doing their art i've been thinking about this a lot lately i just read this book called the death of the artist Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is like all about that question i've read like a dozen other books on like creative economies and stuff lately and i've just been thinking about it a lot dude it's hard but the reason i was working at disneyland is because i've just kind of really committed to working in a way that i like the more I can do what I want to do and then get paid for it, that's just kind of how I focus my career. So like for a long time, all I wanted to do was hike around in the woods. So I figured out if I just bring kids and adults and like people with me, then I get paid to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I became a guide, you know, yeah. I wanted the whitewater raft. Mm. And so they're like, oh yeah, if you bring other people with you, then you get to whitewater raft and we'll pay you for it and house you. Mm. And so then I was a whitewater raft guide. I wanted to drum and Disney was like, we'll pay you a ton of money if you just come here and drum. <laughs> and I was like, I'm in. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? I mean, what I'm hearing is that it's good for artists to just kind of be open to the possibilities that exist for them to be able to do the thing that they want to do yeah and still make a living off of it without getting signed yeah that's what I've been trying to figure out like is having like multiple streams of revenue because especially nowadays we're seeing like you could have one stream of revenue and then it'll completely vanish (laughs) yeah it's crazy I mean all of that is excellent information for people to have man it's important for artists to know that there are more than just two or three ways for them to you know be successful and to make money and to make a living mm-hmm. as a creative that's the biggest struggle is like you have to commit a bunch of time to getting resources yep. and then commit a bunch of time to doing what you want mm-hmm. and so the more you can like make those overlap that's the hard part is finding that overlap i think exactly Magic. 
came through the door today and told us we had to stay Cause the fridge was empty, the cover was dry And we hadn't eaten in more than a day My sister's diaper smelling like yuck Now she got a rash from her thigh to her gut Everywhere you look at cigarette butts It's roaches uncomfortable, they like what up? And the people at bars, what were they at? One was in jail and the others on crack In fact, she probably out looking for that Working the block, working for rock This working for us or something she forgot And this DCFS lady's up in the spot And she's telling us that she's plotting to take us away My weapon reloaded up easily Put on my vest and then slid to the street With my mind on my rep and the weight that it held in these streets and in circles With barbecue beef is what brothers will serve you If they ever thought you might get up the nerve The disrespect sucks and that's why I encourage you What I feel that I done when I hit in the alley And triggered that gun to explode and expel it Like a parking hot shell to send him and his homies A postcard from hell His daughter was riding and reported back And his mother was silent Plus they got pictures of all on the news There's blood on my head and there's blood on my shoes soul and like jazz stuff al green kind of just soulful and then all this crazy electronic stuff like for years i got really into future bass and melodic dubstep that's kind of where my production went for a while so i was producing melodic dubstep but then i was producing like electro house but then i was making like lo-fi hip-hop and trying to do like really soulful stuff and i've like i said i've been in a lot of jazz bands as well so i was trying to do like jazzy things Long story short, I've just been bouncing around all of those genres. They started to just kind of blend. So I'd be making like a super heavy dubstep track. And then I'd be like, you know what this needs? A minor nine on an electric keyboard. Just like, like, and I'll be making like lo-fi beats, right? And just like really gentle stuff. And then I'll be like, you know what this needs? Just a fat wub on the one. And just like, whoop, and then go into this. And it was just like, I was taking little bits and pieces from all these styles that I was making and just kind of merging them. It's crazy that you heard the bucket drumming because I've had this thought, like you can hear the drumline elements and the jazz elements because now I've been playing jazz piano a lot more and I've been playing electric bass. And actually I'm just finishing up my first studio full length album. Nice. Trying to graduate from the five track EPs and I'm actually playing saxophone on every single song on there. 
So it's like more of the jazzy, soulful element. But then I've also got like even crazier sound design. So I call my style Nero Soul or Nero Jazz. I just kind of continued down my own like tendrils within that world, you know? And so I ended up at Nero Bass, which is just like a lot of the heavy elements of dubstep, but a lot of the intricacies of IDM, like the sound design and really meticulous kind of shapes and rhythms. And I've loved going to shows like that, but it doesn't feel sensual enough because a lot of the music I like is crazy sensual. Even like 90s R&B type of stuff. There's just like a sensuality that you can get out of a certain type of music. Uh-huh. It's like drips out of the speaker. I don't even know how to fully describe it musically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like an excellent subgenre name yeah. that you mentioned earlier, maybe you can be the person to start this electronic bucket drumming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my clients gifted me a electronic drum kit and now I'm like I can drum the sounds out mm-hmm. I've been actually making these insanely intricate drum racks That's that trigger so cool. like dozens and dozens of customized sounds in really specific ways and uh, I just did my first like fully live performance of it out in DC at a mm-hmm. flash this club in downtown it's the merging of all of those worlds because I can like play out the keys and now I can play out saxophone and then I can do all this crazy drumming yeah. but then the crazy drumming is triggering all these intricate electronic sounds it's like a bunch of different seeds were planted and then they grew into a single tree mm-hmm. from from food from fruity loops to minor nines <laughs> um i love that what's the importance of being intentional in pursuing and developing your skill musically oh my god it's easy to be like oh fruity loops is easy like this is cool i can do this forever right So you have to make a conscious decision to be like, I want to like learn some stuff and get better at this and improve. What's the importance of making that decision and pursuing that with intention? That question is basically what I went to grad school for. I I studied with the late, great Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. He just passed away a few months ago, but he's like the godfather of flow and the founder of Positive Psych. And so I got to take classes with him to help me understand the answer to this question as well. I'm really good at getting into flow. So like finding the challenges that really align with my skills just feels good. That's what I was saying about getting really good at drumming, right? It's just like finding that balance, mm-hmm. getting really good at sound design, finding that balance. Now I'm getting really good at mixing and mastering and stuff. It's just the same thing. I'm working on writing, like it's all the same thing. It's something special. That's one of the things I work on with my coaching clients is how to do that all the time. Tell us a little bit how you got into the psychology work and human development work that you do and just kind of like what that trajectory has been like. Throughout high school and beginning of college, I got really into getting super good, just at drumming specifically, because I used to be so bad. And then by like freshman year of college, I was like competing internationally. And so I realized studying psychology and development is one way that I can academically understand how did I get this good? How did the people around me get this good? Mm-hmm. How can I help other people get this good? Mm-hmm. And I started to realize that getting really good at drumming is not that different than getting really good at a lot of other things and different domains and ultimately isn't that different than getting really good at enjoying your life mm-hmm. and so in order to explore that I started working at the UCLA challenge course while I was taking psychology classes in childhood development I was like studying how friendship formed and I was doing team building stuff with Anacron and a bunch of other cool people with like leadership and trust and that kind of stuff and I just wanted to dive deeper into the science of that so I went to grad school for positive developmental psychology where I continued to study the science of creativity and flourishing and human happiness and then applying all 
all that stuff as an adventure coach and team building facilitator. Just like all those little different pieces of music like merged into one genre, all those like experiences merged into what I call creative well-being coaching. So I use positive psychology and I use experiential education and I use one-on-one coaching and workshops to help people develop. Yeah, man. Damn. That's what's up. Any upcoming EPs, albums in the works? Man, I've been like connecting with a bunch of different record labels that really resonate with my sound and will connect me with a bigger audience. So people that like these specific things, because my vibe is definitely mm-hmm. not for everybody. But working with labels takes forever, dude. Yeah. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Like I've got like three EPs that are all just like in a holding pattern right now, basically. Yep. <laughs> like vinyl you can't like really buy vinyl apparently right now it's really hard to get so then that's like clogging up a bunch of different people's release schedules and shows are getting canceled because different variants are popping back up and stuff so it's just the music industry at least in my world still feels really hectic mm-hmm. man when covid hit it really impacted everything one of my big spicy plans musically was to do my first tour in 2020 <laughs> at the end of 2019 i was like i'll do it i'm going on tour so what are the projects you got in the pipeline right now? So I've got three more like five track EPs that are really just like an extension of all these other five track EPs that I've been working on. The studio I'm working at right now as an audio engineer, there's a few musicians here that sing and play saxophone and stuff. So I've got some of them featured. But the thing I'm most excited about is this 12 track full length album that I've just finished. Like this week I'm doing the final, final mix before I send it to my mastering engineer. And it's been a crazy journey. It's been like four months every single day one of the things that's made it feel really like spiritual and grounded (laughs) so I like produce a track and then I'll go out into the woods and like jam to the track that I produced on saxophone with a bunch of like field mics and recording equipment and then I bring that back into the studio and like process it some more Um, and then all the songs I live drummed everything out played all the keys out and I live played electric bass for a bunch of it and then I went through and did a full deep dive of sound design over all of that Mm -hmm. structure that I played out. It was crazy. Every couple of EPs, there's like a huge jump in quality mm-hmm. is how it feels to me at mm-hmm. least. So like when people listen to my older stuff, I'm like, oh God, I'm so much better than that. <laughs> and there's like a few terraces and this album, I like really made sure that it was like a leap. Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to get stuck in that holding pattern like we were talking about, but I can't really say when it's mm-hmm. going to be out, dude. I can't, <laughs> I can't say. Yeah. Trust me, I've been bumping non-symbolic and wow. Gucci Ashray. I love it, dude. That EP is so Where close to my heart. Where the hell did you get the name from? <laughs> okay, so name Naming songs used to be my least favorite thing ever. I'm also <laughs> a creative well-being coach, and I like went to school for a long time for the psychology of creativity. So I've got all these like, creativity hacks into how all these songs are made as well, which I think helps a lot <laughs> into why it sounds so weird. You may say it sounds weird, but like even though in your mind's eye, it's just kind of like, no, nah, that sounds kind of hardcore. No, I love it. Somebody, it's a good weird. And somebody's gonna follow <laughs> it. Somebody's yeah. gonna be like. Asteroid Yes. So I used to hate naming my songs and I decided I didn't (laughs) want to hate that part of the creative process anymore. So I kept a list and every time I heard any words that I 
liked, basically. I just like would write them down. Yeah. Like there's just certain pairs of words or things where it just like felt like a song title. <laughs> basically, I'm like, oh, that's a song title. And sometimes I would tweak them afterward. And now mm-hmm. I just hear song titles all over the place and I always just write them down. And so every time I need to like name a song or an album, I just look at it and I can just pick based on how the song feels. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, where can people stream or buy your music? H-A-W-T-C-O-C-O SoundCloud and Spotify and I think I'm on Tidal do people use Tidal? Do people use Tidal still? People who love music quality use Tidal because Tidal is the only service that streams at like ultra high quality Mm. One of my sound design students was like, hold on, let me pull up title. And I was like, whoa. You know, like Fels manages a bunch of engineers and she's the head engineer at like one of the biggest studios in, in Atlanta. She's a, she's on, she uses title. Yeah. Basically. But uh, yeah, all those places you can find all Word my up. stuff. All right. Well, we're wrapping it up off of that. This is Gallery Radio. You have just heard Mr. Cordell Glass, AKA Hot Coco. And he has just blessed us with a lot of good stuff right now so it's all yours oh man i am like overwhelmed <laughs> up. big thanks to melodious for co-hosting with us today shout out to ukj he couldn't be with us for this episode um and uh as always check out the whole gallery family at pntg.net Go check out the site, link directly to the work, support some of what Hot Coco's doing with some of the EPs he's putting out and, and all that work. And uh, we'll catch up with y'all in the future. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Deuces. Thanks for checking out today's episode. Really appreciate it. You can find this episode and previous ones on the feed section of the Peanut Gallery website, www.pntg.net and on selected digital streaming platforms. And until the next time, take care.